Hi everyone! Welcome to this episode. I have Reza Stang, Director of Product Management Integrity at Slack. Welcome, Reza. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. Thank you for joining us. So, first of all,、uh, let us know more about you. Tell us your role of PM Integrity at Slack. What did that entail? Yeah.、Um... So maybe maybe I'll just start with Slack and what Slack is, in case、um, there are folks who aren't familiar. It's a platform that helps break down different communication or collaboration silos,、um, so that employees can work together from anywhere.、Um, and within Slack, I lead the integrity team.、Um, and so, just like a, a physical office, right?、Uh, Slack is a gathering place for human beings.、Um, And as human beings, employees, employers are are just people. People sometimes have disagreements.、Uh, people make mistakes,、um, and sometimes those mistakes can cause harm.、Uh, so the same challenges you might see、uh, after work when you're on your social media,、um, harassment, dogpiling, that stuff can also happen among colleagues.、Um, so the integrity team at Slack, we have. Three areas.、Uh, first is product. We build new features to keep Slack safe and secure,、um, to make sure that privacy and trust are incorporated into everything we do.、Um, we have policy, so ensuring that we have the right rules in place to keep Slack as a platform safe,、um, so that users can just focus on getting work done and staying productive,、um, and then. Third, finally, we have operations, so enforcement of those policies,、uh, making sure that our terms are followed, and that、uh, we keep bad actors off of Slack. Amazing. So, to clarify, you oversee across product management, policy, and operations.、Um, yes. Yeah. So, integrity operations. Yeah, and and、um, in our industry, the the. The function of trust and safety, or for you called integrity,、um, really、uh, have seen different structures across different companies.、Mm-hmm. And、um, in, in in Slack, apparently, you oversee policy operations and and the PM. So, can you、uh, share with us how you oversee these three functions and how these three functions under you collaborate together? Yeah,、um, and you hit on a, a really good point that I always think is fascinating, which is org structure. I know that sounds silly to say, like, oh, I'm fascinated by org structure,、um, but different. Every different trust and safety or integrity, whatever you call it, team looks a little different at every company, and I think each org org structure has pluses and minuses.、Um, and as you call out at Slack, we do that all together as one team. I love that approach.、Um, I think it's great because in this space, integrity, trust, and safety—it's always adversarial. Bad actors are always continuously on the attack.、Um, that's true, even in the workplace, even in an enterprise context. And so, when you sit all of us together, it allows us to move really quickly to keep Slack safe. It means that when we realize we need. You know, a tool, a new tool to effectively enforce our policy.、Um, when we realize that there's a feature that could help empower our customers and give them more control and agency over their experience,、uh, 
um, we can prioritize that and get moving and get it out the door um, and do it all together as one team, um, along with, of course, legal legal being the best front of trust and safety teams uh, at every company. I honestly do find it fascinating because um, the biggest issue that I've seen is that those three functions can be siloed and mm -hmm. you can't embed integrity or trust and safety by design in your product flow. So it is great that the three functions are collaborating closely and being overseen by one person. So, so this is actually very fascinating. I love loved to hear that and I love to see more in the industry um, uh, that different companies can organize in this way. And another thing which is very interesting, you call it integrity at Slack. And in many other companies, it's called trust and safety um, and many other names. So tell us why, why Slack would pick the name integrity. And um, does that include more than trust and safety? Yeah. Um, so to your point, like a million different names for this, we ended up landing on calling it integrity and it's gone by different names over time. Um, but I, I think integrity fits well for what we do at Slack because that most frequently chosen name that you uh, rightly called out, trust and safety, it really invokes this classic social media model, which is um, primarily centered around the moderation of user-generated content. That's not something we do at Slack, right? It's not um, a public space for posting user-generated content. Um, and we are not moderating or looking at any of the messages that our, um, our customers are sending in the context of, of running their business. Um, instead, we chose integrity because it fits all of the different kinds of work we're doing to protect the integrity of Slack as a whole. Um, and it kind of that that broader name fits our focus on security, on privacy, um, as well as on the safety of our platform. Amazing. I want to unpack this question a little bit. Yeah. First is that you mentioned there is a major difference between uh, safeguarding the community for a social platform versus um, safeguarding a digital ash kill. So uh, can you elaborate more on what are those differences when you try to keep a digital ash kill safe versus with your background, you have been working in um, keeping the community safe in social media um, arena. So tell us the differences you have observed and especially for this um, season with folks on policies. So tell us uh, how you have engineered the policies differently um, across from a social platform uh, to a digital HQ. Yeah, um, it's a great question, interesting one. I think it's helpful to start, in order to understand the differences, I think it's helpful to start from what isn't different, what's the same. and. You know, you referenced, I, I started out in um, social media and I think across both social and enterprise, you see the same sort of buckets of problem areas, right? Um, the same types of challenges. So uh, child safety is important on every platform. Um, 
every single platform has a responsibility to make sure that they are uh, identifying and removing child sexual abuse material as one example. Um, but the, the scope of the problem and where the platform puts its focus differs between a work context and a social context, right? So when I was working at Twitter, um, maybe I would have spent more time thinking about mis and disinformation. That's just less relevant in the context of businesses collaborating and getting work done um, in private enterprise spaces. Um, so where your time is focused is, is different. Um, and I'd say that's probably the biggest difference, right? Like I spend much more time thinking about privacy and um, security threats than or as compared to um, mis and disinformation. But across all of these, you know, these are all spaces where people are really spending a tremendous amount of, of time. Um, more and more people are working in remote or hybrid work environments, uh, which means they're spending a solid half, if not more, of their waking lives online in a work context. Um, so trust, safety, integrity, that's an, an essential part of their day. Um, yeah. Yes, you mentioned uh, privacy and the security. Mm -hmm. So at OSS Consortium, the three pillars we look at are uh, safety, privacy, and inclusion, which we believe are the fundamental pillars for just a brighter community and more sustainable uh, commentation of the web. And from the perspective of a digital HQ, and I have to ask how you balance safety of the community with the employee privacy. And that's one side. And how actually safeguarding the community can help uh, promoting the inclusion within a company. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I, so all three of those things, safety, privacy, security, I view as foundational to um, making Slack a place where people can be productive and hopefully do the best work of their lives, right? Um, in the, the context of, of Slack, businesses, companies are doing their most sensitive mission critical work. Um, their business is operating on Slack and that mission critical work can't happen uh, if people don't feel safe. Um, and so for example, like take something like Slack Connect. Um, Slack Connect lets you collaborate directly with people at different companies through shared channels or shared DMs. Um, so you're bringing people into your workplace, into your network, and you need to feel safe to do that. You also need to know that um, the privacy of your more sensitive communications is being protected or you won't be able to collaborate. Um, so it's very valuable and critical to, to Slack that uh, you know you can trust um, the place where you're getting your work done. I think where inclusion comes into that has, it's less about um, kind of the, the feel the security of the platform itself or the privacy of the platform itself. It's more about, I think, the form factor. Um, so something I love about Slack is it makes it really easy to collaborate asynchronously. Um, that in turn creates space for people to contribute 
who maybe wouldn't have felt comfortable doing so in a live office environment in you know real time face to face. Um, so I think all three pieces are really important. Um, and in some cases, you know, security increases confidence in, in the privacy of the work you're doing. But the format of the platform itself, uh, I think, makes big strides for, for inclusion and for new ways for people to contribute. Yeah. And to your point, they all come back to the word trust. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, and, um, and obviously, Slack is a community of many communities. And how would you be able to build policies, operations, and the products that fit all and to build integrity for all companies across different stages and industries and et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Slack, as you call out, we have uh, tiny little startups that have three people in them um, working together and collaborating on Slack. We have huge, massive multinational companies with tens of thousands of employees all over the world who are collaborating on Slack. Um, and I think, you know, the way we've tackled that issue, how do you make sure all of those different users feel empowered um, and feel safe? Uh, is to focus on building for that individual user, right? So um, different sizes of companies will have different problems, but at the end of the day, um, it comes back to making sure that when people get in that digital room together, um, they see each other as real, they understand that they're working with a real human, um, you know, keeping people humanized and we all share that core need for privacy, for um, a feeling of autonomy and control over how and when we're working. Um, we all as individuals need tools to stay focused. Um, and I think when you build for your most vulnerable user and make sure that the tool works for them and that they can have confidence, um, you're really setting a floor that that works for companies at, or users at any any size community. Yes. And one thing you alluded to earlier when we discussed about how safety can help with inclusion. And I want to double click on that because at Oasis, we often talk about that safety is not just for good it's also for growth. And in your case, you call that that integrity. It's not just for good, it's also for growth. And can you share with us some more examples of how integrity or safety helps with productivity and collaboration? I love that idea of safety being not just for good, but also for, um, for growth. And for us, I think having an inclusive platform having a platform where users feel um, feel empowered and feel like they have the, the tools to manage their style of work and their way of working, um, it ends up making it easier for more people to communicate and to collaborate um, in the way that works best for their individual work style, right? So um, having employees empowered to succeed from anywhere, um, 
lets them uh, do their best work and and be most productive. And at the end of the day, you know, Slack will will succeed by allowing employees to do the best work they can um, and in the most flexible way possible. Yes. And I have to say I'm a fan of Slack and among all my peers, some people prefer emails, some people prefer calls, and my default is Slack. If you want to find me, <laughs> you look for me on Slack. So, um, and um, and the, the last question um, I would usually ask our guests is that, are there any questions that I should have asked you, but I didn't? Mm, um, there's nothing, Nothing I can think of, but I would love to ask <laughs> to turn turn it around. I know this is your podcast, uh, but turn it around since you mentioned, you know, you you love using Slack. Um, I I'm curious for you what your style is on Slack. You know, are you async? Are you a like real time? high volume um, communicator. I think there's all, you know, the platform allows for all different styles. I'm I'm just curious to hear how you work on Slack. Yeah. yeah, the key reasons I love Slack are twofolded. One is that I love async yeah. because I feel in modern times, uh, time is the most scarce resource and I don't want to be constantly bound to any channel. And Slack allow me to choose to consume the information when I I want to. And then the fact of how it is structured into channels and into the flow and the product features allow me to have, have, have files being there for downloading. It's almost to cutting a big chunk of information usually you receive on a call or in an email into buy sizes. So I can choose when to consume and how to consume those. I think that's the key. One of the key reasons is I love async and I love doing that in buy sizes. And um, I think the other reason is related um, to the fact I love async um, is that that actually makes my productivity higher because then I can choose when I need to jump on a call to do that real time because I think it is a sticky issue and you need a proper in-person or live call versus, okay, I choose to say it is an email with attachments and clear instructions somewhere to do it. So I feel it is almost a productivity plus communication tool for me. Communication is to allow me to do that async um, and productivity is allow me to prioritize and decide how to communicate effectively from Slack onward. Is that a good customer testimonial for you? (laughs) I love it, but also like, (laughs) Um, but I think I hear a lot in that that resonates for me, right? Like I'm also one of those people where being able to break down information into bite-sized chunks, I think for me creates a lot of psychological safety exactly. at work because I know I can 
I know I can manage things um, in the way that works best for me. And like, if it does need to be real time, I can hop on a huddle. Um, so I love that. I hear you right there with you. <laughs> and, and, and to your point earlier is it does feel safe, you know, to the credit um, of Slack and to your work is that because when you share so much information, um, it's very important to, to feel safe and to feel the data privacy is respected and to trust that um, the security in the back end is running. Um, and all, all, all those add to the, the, the psychology of users to spend more time uh, on Slack and use Slack more. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Thank, awesome. you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Risa, for coming on the show. It was a fantastic conversation um, to share with us how you safeguard um, a digital HQ. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.